0: Seventh Precinct bonus episode. I thought I'd try introducing it by saying "Hark" in a really startling voice. Well, nice. not a
1: really startling voice. Hark. Hark. I, I was moderately startled. I could do it like- we should be like how? How?
2: That's <laughs> Hark. Fun. Nah. So, Neil. B- I'll be Neil Buchanan. You- just got him from practice with
1: Marseille. <laughs> was he on how? <laughs> I don't think he, he was. was on Art
2: No, he was on. He was on how. <laughs> was he? Was, oh, was he was?
0: No, I think you. I think you.
2: You're off. Off piece direct. <laughs> right. There was a younger guy on there. That was Gaz Top. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, what a terrible mistake! Oh, I thought it was Neil Buchanan.
0: <laughs> oh, it's because you get an old Steve. He's all, all merging into one. You. Well,
2: you're you're used to Crikey. Well, anyway, I've just got him from Marseille. Okay.
0: <laughs> Marseille band practice. <laughs> anyway, it's a bonus episode, and so we do our usual thing of having a look at the copies of the books we've got. Um, before we get to Morgan's copy, I want to find out when Stevo's was published, the edition. Because both steve and I have Penguin editions of Killer's Wedge.
2: With not that dissimilar fonts, really. Yeah, they've
0: retained the same typeface on the titles, but yours is very is different to mine. So yeah. what year was yours, steve Mine was... Well, mine's just got
2: a fairly... Mine's 978. Uh, mine's got an 87th Precinct uh, badge emblem.
1: One would assume... Dominating had, I'd assume the, they had, like, a whole series then, which would have just had that on the front. Yeah.
2: Reprinted 79? Oh, so you have to... This mine. mentions the 70 reprint, the 78 reprint, and is, the 79. Ah, there we go. See, why would you change the cover in a year? That one that's odd. not as good.
0: Well, I assume they were selling very well, so that must have been part of what does it you know if, if they were to reprint it again within a year yeah so, what, so. why would you change I, the know, cover? I don't know why they would change it
1: cover. maybe just so they had a unifying kind of aspect to all of the series so you, if you see that badge on the front Oh, just maybe, spot yeah. it on a distant stand and think, ah, it's So, this milk.
0: my copy was published in the year I was born. Your copy was published in the year you were born.
2: That's absolutely true. So,
0: there's a little insight into our um, how old we are because we just
1: Can work dis- it out.
0: Disembodied voices at the moment, really, aren't we?
1: Can work it out from that. And yeah, mine uh, was published in 2007, which uh, I regret was <laughs> not, not <laughs> the year I was born.
0: It's the um, Alison and Busby again. It's boring, isn't
1: it? boring. Alison and Busby. What have Busby. they got on the
0: front that bears no resemblance to the story this time?
1: It's some cracked glass with with what looks like a bullet hole in it.
2: A smashed window, yeah. Bullet hole in a window. So that's got absolutely nothing to do with
0: the story whatsoever. Well
1: done, Alison and Busby.
0: They really didn't try with those covers. They, did they?
1: really didn't. Very, very shoddy. Oh dear.
0: I'm sure they're fine on all their current publications.
1: I don't want to besmirch the reputation of anyone currently working for Allison and Busby. I assume whoever was responsible for this has been uh, long since dismissed. <laughs> I hope so.
0: Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so they're basically... you forgetting the other. Oh.
1: Oh, oh here we go. Let's see if you can well, smell it? that, listeners.
2: Musty. Fairly musty. Yeah, there's mine's a bit of a spiciness to it. Spiciness. Yes, yeah, like spicy after smell.
1: <laughs> nice. I, I have no sense of smell, but even if I did, mm. I suspect this would be very bland. Let's uh, uh, give it a go. I, I I chemically go yours,
0: I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Does it three times and takes an average.
1: Yeah, not that much uh, going I'm afraid on my there. book hasn't picked up much of an aroma in ten years. Slightly sweet. <laughs> But only very slightly.
0: This is amazing podcasting. Oh, yeah. Every time smelling books. Anyway, <laughs> well, I've got something off the back of uh, our last podcast to deal with. because A question? Not a question. It's further research. I have sort uh, of given you a little insight into this. So last time we looked at Lady Killer and you, in your copy, Steve-O, which I have in my hand, discovered <sighs> the annotation inside oh, yes, it to right, yeah. Theo Ramos and yeah. a, a number of addresses and some information there. So... Out of curiosity, because one it mentioned about studios, I thought, well, maybe it's an artist, maybe it's someone who is known and I could find out some information about. Now, it's odd, I don't know, obviously, if that book, that dedica- it's not a dedication, that. Well, is,
2: is this Theo Ramses? How old was he when this came out?
0: Well, that edition, hmm. Well, I don't know. Um, well, I could work it out because I could tell you. He was born in 1928.
1: 1928. So I did find stuff out. So this is 64. That's a good, good age to be reading uh, that particular novel, I would say.
2: Yeah. Right, well, so yeah, he, he could have
0: been... It's odd that it's written in the back of the book. Hmm. Names and addresses, really. So is it actually just him saying, this is my book, like you write your name inside some of them, some people do. Why would you write your address and your...
1: Why would you write your... Well, like someone who had an appointment with him and couldn't find a bit of paper to write it yeah. down on? It's a very strange
2: thing. I just. This is a telephone number, isn't it? Possibly, unless 7-8. RA
1: stands for Royal Academy.
2: Ah. Regent seven nine eight one. reads pho- as pho- a phone number. Royal Academy, What's a, what So maybe pre- the Royal
0: Academy was that was maybe the phone number for the Royal Academy. Uh-huh.
2: But I found stuff out about Theodore. Who write Who writes their own name and address? Exactly. So it may and work ad- uh, in a book. You just don't, do you?
0: So it yeah. It may be that this is someone who knew. Theo
2: Ramos, but why would you do that even?
0: Maybe it was just by the phone. I don't know. I mean, this is (laughs) the the reason this is interesting is not necessarily because of Theo Ramos himself, but it's it's the story of books. Second-hand books are brilliant because they don't just contain the story that is printed inside them; they contain a story in and of themselves as a as an object. And when you find something with like an annotation in it like that, it just adds another layer to it. And the fact that I've been able to find stuff out as well is interesting because Theo Ramos is actually quite a well-known painter. Hmm. He's got paintings that hanging in the National Gallery. He was mainly a portrait painter.
2: Oh, I, I have an exciting addition to this story. Oh, excellent stuff. Well,
0: he was the son-in-law of the artist Sir Henry Rushbury and... He's a painter, and then his sons are painters. His grandchildren are, uh, are artists as well. Oh, a proper dynasty, then. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely just... It's woven through their entire family oh. on both sides. Tremendous. As well. What was really interesting was, when I was trying to find stuff out, his name crops up in books about the Sex Pistols, <laughs> because he was a tutor to Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren, and they really liked him. So there's, there's stuff in here about them, in my research about... Theo's seminars were brilliantly witty and provocative. Having delivered one, he would suddenly look at his watch and declare, I've got to get out of this place, and then dash from the building. <laughs> Clutching a copy of Ed McVeigh's. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately he didn't have that level of detail.
2: Right, I've just found his signature on the internet here. And I'll tell you what, it is...
0: Does it look a bit like it? Nah, here. That,
2: that's... It's not, that is not a million, million miles away for somebody... I
0: mean, it's... I think it's a fact that that um, handwriting generally used to Mm. be a little bit more ornate. That people were taught better handwriting, so it generally looks a bit more ornate when Mm. you go back, say, fifty years or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I I mean, we're not um, graphologists. Is that the right word, graphologists? Uh, Yeah,
1: I'm going to say yes. Thank you. I think think that that's probably correct. But it's amazing Mm.
0: that he's had this contact with the Sex Pistols or. Part, being part of their story in some way along the Definitely, way. Yeah. In fact, he was he testified at the Vivian Westwood, Malcolm McLaren indecency trial oh. as a character witness for them. Oh, fantastic! So, by the sounds of it, he, he really enjoyed engaging with these young, mm. sort of curious art students. But he was also he was painting a painting of the Queen Mother when some <laughs> Russian artists were invited to sit in on the session, which was a really, really rare thing at the time. And that was the session where the Queen Mother just decided to sort of say. Let's all start drinking vodka. We've got Russians here. (laughs) And so he's painting this portrait, and these Russians and the Queen Mother are drinking vodka. Fantastic. So it's a a fantastic little link between what we're looking at on our books and the things we love, and and this artist whose work you can see free in the National Gallery, he's painted the Queen Mother, he's painted the Queen, he has painted, much to Steve-O's happiness, the cricketers Derek Randall, Mike Brealy and Bob Willis. And my <laughs>
2: additional uh, news on that is that um, at the Test match on Thursday, I uh, met Mike Brealy.
0: You met Mike Brealy. So you've met a man who's met Theo Ramos, who might have owned the, cop- the, well, the, the copy of the book that
1: you've got second hand that we talked about last week. I, I'm going to say that definitely was his copy. Having seen that signature, it, it seems likely to me. I think he probably just put all his details in there because... Maybe uh, maybe he other... loved it too much and didn't want to lose it. Well, yeah, and other patrons of the, the, the Royal Academy may have been a bit light fingered with other people's paperbacks. Yeah. Just, just just made sense to to make sure your details were in there in well, case it, um... it
2: wasn't a million miles away that signature. No. It really wasn't. Oh, he also painted Alan Not. He must have painted all the England side of like the late
1: seventies. <laughs> Tremendous. But he that. Well, was a
2: picture of Alan Knott stood in front of Alan Not keeping wicket. Steve-O's a big cricket fan and is very pleased to be looking at these
1: portraits of some of the classic English cricketers.
2: The internet's so useful and yet very, very annoying.
1: All you want to do is find examples of Theo Ramos' handwriting and what does it give you? Yes,
2: it's not giving me enough.
1: Well, we'll move on from Theo Ramos.
0: (laughs) It was lovely to find
1: out that information, to know that
0: he's such a skilled artist and, and... if you have, do look at some of the the portraits, particularly the royal ones and the ones in the in the National Portrait Gallery, they're fantastic pieces oh. of work. And so it's uh, it's no surprise that he's uh, it's uh, it's easy to find some of the stuff about him on the internet. So
2: th- th- those R's are similar.
0: His R's are similar.
2: Ah, you oversho- overshoots uh, from the top of the R if you notice. You're listening to Hark, From... the 87th
0: Precinct podcast bonus you see, you episode, seen that? where we're comparing the letter
2: R. Whereas he starts over at right. That it seems conclusive to me.
0: But this is, I mean, <laughs> like I say, this is the like story of second-hand books. This yes. is what I find fascinating. It's it's knowing that it's been hopefully loved oh. before and read and enjoyed before, and that you're getting a copy of something that's, you know, new stuff's great. It's It's often oh. nice to get, like, a new edition so I bought the Martin Beck novels recently all yeah. in one set and it was lovely to have a big contiguous set of them but there's oh. only ten of those let yes. must have this many books in the McBain series and have them all be different and individual to some extent
1: Yeah Um So yeah, obviously if any of our listeners prefer to download things to their Kindle then that's, that's totally fine if you'd rather buy a nice new edition that's also completely fine but we do recommend if, if, if it's to your liking... Why not just go to a charity shop or just go on eBay, go on Amazon, buy a nice second-hand copy? You never know what you're going to get. It's going to They're be really so interesting cheap as well, even it's on the so internet. Cheap.
0: You're going onto eBay and you're getting them for pennies. Uh, and yeah, posted, uh, aren't you?
1: that's it. Yeah, and each book's got a story to tell, so it's it's fascinating. Really. And even
0: better, support a local bookshop and independent bookshop. Definitely, yeah. Cause, so, well, for a start, you're not going to pick up many McBains in in. Waterstones, anyway.
1: Not no. Prob- at, at any given time, there's only a handful of in reprints. Yeah.
2: The- Super exciting wow. when you go in a charity shop or and there's some just big stash. Some we've oh, yeah. yeah. donated. Some
0: that's one of the sadnesses of having finished the collection. Yeah, now. I still look for McVeigh books when I go in. And it's like, what? Why am I looking for them? I think that's that's part and parcel of this. It really. is. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's good. And because there's so many to go at it, does take took you a little while doesn't it it certainly does yeah. it
1: certainly does I suppose having finished McBain you can start on uh, Nero Wolfe now and um... yes something like <laughs> that John Dixon, cards, oh, John Dixon Car. It, it, it never ends no and that's a good
0: thing it, it definitely is a good thing ok so we I think we're we've...
2: unlike our podcasts which eventually <laughs> do well,
0: well they will end at one point When how old we'll be when it happens I've no, no idea <laughs> How quick we can read these and and talk about them. That's the thing. So what did we think of the TV episode, then, of um, Killer's Wedge, Lady-in-Waiting, as it's known Well,
1: well, yeah, it was very good, yeah. It was very enjoyable. Um, I think having Ed McBain write the teleplay did did definitely help, although there were still some curious choices made. As you say, uh, just um, arbitrary name changes just seem odd. I, I don't know why that would have happened. Um, That's a trait
2: across all television, well, isn't of course, it? Yeah. films, inexplicable. The yeah. other
1: thing that really baffled me was a scene that was inserted with um, Stephen Teddy Carella having quite a heated argument. which oh, just yeah. seemed totally incongruous.
0: Especially as it's only the second episode of that TV mm.
2: series. Well, and, the, yeah, well the, in the book, where they, they have to ramp up the need for them to be happy. And so the book obviously has their uh, Teddy's pregnancy. Per- pregnancy, whereas quite why the um, why the uh, TV program wouldn't just use exactly mm. the same. Well,
0: perhaps because it was early in the sequence, yeah. of things and we were expecting expecting Gina Rollins to have to stuff a pillow up a top for the rest. Yeah, of Yeah, so year. maybe so they I thought, well, on.
2: we just need to swap that with an argument mm. then, because mm. as that's it happened, the next... Gina
0: Rowlands is only in a handful of episodes before mm. she wasn't in any more and mm-hmm. Teddy's sort of just written out into the background yeah. oh is she
1: yeah ah right mm. Gina presumably vanishes off to more, John ex- more extravagant and arty things yeah alright oh, um, so they
2: just write her out do they Gosh.
0: yeah she just stops appearing eventually because I think oh. she just left the, the project fair enough which is a shame but, yeah, cause because it's, a, it is a brilliant TV series and actually really the acting bad, actually. in this one in, Kill, in uh, Lady in Waiting is, is both over the top in certain respects oh. but it's also really intense and, and, it's... and quite Quite compelling for a cop show of that type at that time.
1: Definitely, I, I think um, I, I foolishly failed to note the name of the actress playing uh, Virginia, who's not called. Uh,
2: oh
1: yeah. Uh, but it, like, she was very intense. But it was, it was good. Uh, yeah, like, seemed fairly convincingly unhinged. Definitely, um,
2: yeah, yeah, she, good. It's always curious on the television having Roger yeah. Haviland still alive, and these that's not very true. Yeah. Died in a horrific plague. Uh, Been pushed plate, through a window. Yeah, plate oh, glass yeah. accident.
0: <laughs> yeah. I will tell you the name of the actress because she did some fantastic eye acting, eye close-up oh, eye, acting eye acting, looking between the various coppers. She's called Constance Ford, oh. which is what you have to do when you live somewhere with loads of streams.
2: Hey, <laughs> God, Constance. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm very pleased
0: with myself for <laughs> <we're> saying that. <laughs> and for some reason, my internet has decided to let me, let me click on her on IMDb. So we're not getting any more information here at the moment. Well, there's, the person who played Murchison is called Rusty Lane, and I'm sure you could probably make a similar joke about <laughs> something like that. Right, here we go. Uh, Constance Ford was, I'm just trying to see if there's anything we would have known her in more famous than this necessarily. And I don't think so. She was in some Perry Mason, Dr. Kildare, those sorts oh. of things, Rawhide. Um, the, oh, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Ooh. Yeah, that's, so Garth. she was clearly uh, a working TV actress so, for the most part. Some of the Alfred Hitchfield's... Sort of, um, like
1: no so, Columbo. Uh. No,
0: sadly, no Columbo connection. Ah,
1: it's solid character actress. Yes, definitely. Um, but they excellent work in this episode, definitely.
0: Yeah, they sort of portray the character slightly differently than, than in the book. In the uh. book she's portrayed as very much like, like all life has been sucked out of yeah, her. Yeah, she's she's whereas, well, whereas it's definitely very much alive in the T V yeah. uh,
1: series,
0: but yeah. Especially when she's sort of making fun of Angelica Gomez by calling her Chiquita, which is a name we only know from the label stuck on bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Big banana importer. Mm -hmm. And she's sort of mocking her with that name to some extent, because I think it just means little kid or little girl, maybe something like that. Something like that, I think, as far as I'm aware, yeah. It's a real intense performance. So it's quite Mm. good, anyway. So, like I say, or like I said in the main podcast, the next one is is Till Death, and we're Mm -hmm. moving on to (laughs) lots of different people and lots of different types of crimes... And so I don't know that we've got anything else to say I think we we've explored the books we've we have the book smells <laughs> we've looked at Theo Ramos
2: well I've, we've looked at another since I think it's uh, undeniable isn't it we think we I think it's, uh... Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it's difficult to do upside down yeah, yeah. I, I think
1: the the Ramos is there yeah and we've Found well, it's not incontrovertible proof, but it seems fairly solid compelling. It's yeah. compelling. That's, it's a compelling That's argument. from the
0: National Portrait Gallery website, so it's we're not on the dark web trying to steal people's identity.
1: Although but, now you mentioned <laughs> it,
0: <laughs> right? So we'll see you again for the uh, the next episode, and the next bonus episode, and the next book, which is till death. And I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye.
1: goodbye.